Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources. Great to be with you from one to three every weekday here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, and it is time for all of us to. Dig a little deeper, think a little bigger, challenge our assumptions a little stronger, and of course, disagree a little bit better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We begin every hour of the show talking about things that we should think again about. And one of the interesting things that has happened over the course of the pandemic has caused a lot of folks in the state of Utah to think again about school choice. Uh, very pleased to be joined now by uh, former state representative Kim Coleman, uh, who joins us on the line. And she has a few thoughts about what we should be thinking again about as it relates to school and school choice. Kim, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, this uh, this year, 2021, has been called the year of educational choice. And so we've seen quite the year regarding families, children, public education. And so people really are rethinking uh, the traditions around education. Oh, that's fantastic. And I, I, it is, it's uh, it's really been a shuffling of the deck. Uh, all the things that we thought we knew perfectly or we were so settled on or so certain about as it relates to remote learning and uh, various forms of alternative learning uh, have all been kind of turned on their head. And I think one thing we realize is kids are pretty resilient uh, and being creative and getting outside the box uh, can do wonders uh, to the educational process. Well, and we also learned that kids really want to go to school. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) I've often thought, you know, didn't we wish, you know, that we didn't have to go to school for for certain things? But uh, so what I'm here to share with you, Boyd, is that Utah has created uh, the newest school choice program. And school choice in general has has increased to the highest highest support level we've ever seen in this country at 71%. I mean, that's up from 52%. So really something has happened in this last year that has caused parents to stop and reassess this. So in our state, uh, we have what's called a tax credit scholarship. And what this does is provide uh, tax credit-based scholarships for students with disabilities to attend a private school of their choice. And for the donor side of this, people are able to direct their state income taxes, which currently go to support the regular public school system. 
But if they donate to this fund, then uh, they're directing their money to support this school choice. And it's a one-to-one tax credit. So it's just a win-win for everybody. And we've seen incredible choice expansion where we're hoping that this program does expand over time to include children other than just children with disabilities. But even among the students that currently qualify under this program, it's about 11% of the students in the state, which is something close to about 80,000 students. Mm. So we we have a, a cap on what we can award uh, these scholarships for, and it's a drop in the bucket, but it's it's there, and families need need to know. Oh, that, that's so important, especially with uh, our fa- our families here in the state of Utah who do have students that have special needs or disabilities of any kind uh, to recognize that they have some choices because I, I think of all the people who feel most trapped in systems uh, it's often those who have children with uh, with some ch- educational challenges definitely so uh, children first education fund is the organization that is managing this fund at this time and uh, I'd encourage people to to go to childrenfirsteducationfund.org if you've got a student that may be eligible or if you want to donate and, and support this kind of program. But we're, we join almost half the nation now. So we are a little bit later than a lot of the other ones, and, uh, but we are, we're in, uh, in that program basis now, and it's, it's really set to serve a lot of students. Probably about 1,000 students or so will be able to give this choice to. But, you know, the other thing that we've seen in the last year is is not just students with disabilities, but so many students have been disadvantaged with what's gone on in their school system. We have we've had schools in our state that didn't even open. Right. <laughs> and that's uh, that was a big concern for parents. So parents have really started to look differently at what their schools are providing if that's the best for their family, for their, for their children. And so this is a new opportunity that parents, parents have this choice. And, and again, there, there were, there were 50 choice bills or expansion bills in 30 states. This really was the year for education choice. Wow. That's uh that is a, a stunning number. And uh, uh, Kim, we have just about a minute left and, uh, so what are some of these other states that have been uh, operating under this kind of system in terms of this tax credit and scholarship uh, for students with disabilities? What's some of the results uh, they're seeing? Oh, incredible. For one, it saves the, the taxpayers about a four to one. Mm. And there's not a lot of deep analysis on that other than that seems to be the return on, on that allowance for children to, to access this these private school opportunities, the state actually sees a significant savings in that. And then the, the parent satisfaction is very high. They get to choose. Yeah. So it, it really is just a win-win all, all around. And now not all the states just uh, have an eligibility requirement for students with disabilities. Uh, Arizona, for instance, allows any student to apply. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea, and hopefully we'll we'll end up there. Uh, continues to expand, and that's uh, something we will continue to pay close interest to. Uh, Kim Coleman, a former representative and uh, a leader in this area of school choice. Uh, we appreciate you making sure that we're aware of this. We'll put this on our social media feeds today to make sure people can be aware. Uh, give us that website just one more time where people can check that out. org. 
childrensfirsteducationfund.org. Uh, we will put that on. It's a great resource. It's a great thing for people to realize that there are some options, there are some choices out there, especially for our students with special needs. Kim Coleman, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Uh, I love Kim's perspective on that, and uh, it's not the answer to every single situation, but I love the fact that uh, we're creating opportunities for people to donate and to to have tax credit for specific donations that go to education, especially uh, for our special needs and those with disabilities uh, in education. Uh, I love that she mentioned this uh, idea coming out of Arizona uh, in terms of expanding that to all students and some scholarship opportunities that way. And uh, again, it's part of what we strive to do every day on this show, and that is to just think differently, to just think again uh, about how we're approaching things. Sometimes the answer is inside the box. Sometimes the answer is outside of the box. And our job is to make sure we're exploring all of those places and spaces so we can get to the right resolutions. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. Our next segment, we call it Next, is now. And one Utah congressman is now part of the future, the future caucus. Find out about it coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.